Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Christian Diadamo. Christian, how are you doing? How's it going? I'm doing well. It's really hot, though. I'm burning up. Same here. Summer is definitely here. We are also joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how goes? I'm doing pretty well. Like I'm also dying the heat here in um, Orange County, but happy to be here though with you guys. Excellent. Today is June seventeenth, twenty twenty one, and the Comic Sauce Podcast is on social media. Check us out at Comic Sauce Pod on Twitter and Instagram. So. Today, we're going to talk about Jurassic Park. Why Jurassic Park, you might ask? The answer is, I don't know, because we feel like it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess there's a, there's a loose reason, and that is the original Jurassic Park movie released almost to the day, 28 years ago, June 11th, 1993, so somewhat of an anniversary um we all did watch this movie in preparation and we're going to talk about it and uh to lead the conversation christian diadamo christian take it away all right all right all right okay so jurassic park was a movie as you said released 28 years ago uh june 12th or june 11th in 1993 and of course, it's a movie that needs no introduction. Uh, wonderful classic movie. So uh, let's let's jump right into it then. Uh, so my first question for everybody is, how did you guys grow up or like watch Jurassic Park like originally? What is the legacy of this movie to you? So who who would like to start? I'll start. So, I mean, yeah, like you said, it came out in 93. So it's actually a year older than me. Um, and I don't remember when the first time I watched it. I just know I was probably less than five years old when I first watched this movie. And so obviously it has a huge tie into my childhood and everything. Um, there's a bunch of nostalgia, but... Honestly, yeah, it's still one of the greatest movies I could say, like for its time and even now. Um, and yeah, like I delve right into it because at a young age, besides um, comic book superheroes, dinosaurs was a big thing. And this movie had plenty of it. <laughs> and it was pretty awesome from a little kid's perspective. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on, but when you watch a dinosaur movie, you don't need to know what's going on. Besides the fact that, like, it's a T-Rex, you better run the fuck away from it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I love that movie. It's it's a great movie. Great story, great music, great effects, great everything. All right. Well, what about you, Henry? What did you think of Jurassic Park back in the day when you first watched it? So yeah, Jurassic Park, I definitely recognize that 
this is a major moment in movies. You know, it uh, heralded a new CG revolution in movies, uh, a landmark in visual effects. It was directed by an absolute legend in Steven Spielberg. Um, I definitely recognize, you know, the importance of this movie. Now, when I saw it, I think is significant for me because I saw it when I was, I believe, 18 years old. So I feel like if I had seen this movie as a younger person, like, you know, prefer you're saying you saw it when you were five, like if I had seen it between the ages of like, I don't know, five and 13 or something, I'd probably be with you guys in like regarding this as like an all timer, you know, a special movie in my heart and something I feel like strong nostalgia for as it is. I remember seeing it and I was like already sort of like, you know, getting into like more alternative stuff. So like, um, I think a, a big moment for me is when I saw Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. And that came out in 1992. Mm -hmm. um, so I was already sort of like moving away from mainstream and, and diving into more like more extreme kind of stuff. So I think I felt like I was maybe too cool for this movie <laughs> when I saw it. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. When you when you, in life you see a movie, I think is it can have a big difference you know um so even then i i enjoyed it and i recognized how significant an achievement it was um but it's never really held a special place in my heart to this day it really hasn't um but like i said you know i i think i recognize like the greatness of it uh the uh, objective greatness of it for sure and, you know, I was kind of joking around before about how it's kind of silly we're even talking about this movie on a comics podcast. It, there kind of is a, a better reason, I think, that we're talking about it. And that's fandom. You know, uh, we talk about fandom all the time. And even though we call ourselves a comics podcast, I think more so we're a fandom podcast. Mm -hmm. And Jurassic Park is a huge fandom. And it's from a fandom perspective absolutely worth talking about anytime so i think yeah why not jurassic park let's talk about it all right those are two very great perspectives um and i think i think uh, yeah what you said henry is definitely like rings very true at what age you are when you see a movie is very important um i guess before i talk about um jurassic park i do i do also want to say i saw Dr uh, Reservoir Dogs when I was around that same age and yeah there is something about like the grit um, of that movie that I think just really blew my mind when I when I was uh, you know 17 18 I had never seen anything like that or Pulp Fiction before even though by the time I saw it you know um, the like I think Inglorious Bastards was like gonna come out in a year so that was way later but even then I think that's another movie from the early 90s that still really holds up. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess Jurassic Park. 
Um, so I'm definitely more in the camp uh, with Porfirio. I saw it at a very young age um, on VHS. Um, I don't even remember how old I was. I was probably very similar to Porfirio, where I was about like you know um, under the age of ten, and I watched that and the sequel, The Lost World, also on VHS. Like you know, it was kind of like one of those repeat movies. Um, and I think I was very swept up as a kid in just the world of dinosaurs. Um, cause I think by the time that, uh, I had seen it in the late nineties, like the dinosaur craze was like, that was already very well in full swing. Yep. Um, cause there was that, there was the, uh, dinosaur, uh, TV show. Uh, just, I think the dinosaurs, which I, you know, I watched in the morning. I played Super Mario World uh, on my Super Nintendo and, like, had a bunch of dinosaur toys. So this this definitely is, like, a very special movie in my childhood. And I did find that rewatching it, like, you do kind of, when you watch that, that one of those favorite childhood movies, it you feel like you're kind of swept up back in that childhood, like, emotion and wonder for, well, some of the best ones. I think, and this this is definitely one of those movies like that where I think if you've seen it as a kid and you watch it again, just something about uh, the sweeping visuals and the score just, in a sense, kind of brings you back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's how I felt about it now, but rewatching it, uh, what are your guys' general thoughts on the movie? Seeing it now, how do you guys think it kind of just generally holds up as a movie? For for me, I, I still think it's still one of the, a really good movie. I don't see it as like being outdated or anything with the special effects. I still, I guess, like appreciate the effects for how they were at the time. Like I just see it like as a movie ahead of its time, and um, even now, like those effects are a lot better than some of some movies that we get nowadays like better than like you know like sharknado or or um or even like the hobbit you know but uh yeah i think it, it still lives up to the legacy that it it had when it was first released this is so funny to me because it really emphasizes that point we were talking about earlier, when did you see the movie? When in your life did you see the movie, right? And I feel like there's there's a period in your life where, you know, if you see a movie and you really love it, it can basically do no wrong for the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, like I said, I didn't hate this movie and seeing it again this past week, Again, I didn't hate it. You know, both times I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Um, But I've never really held it in such high regard. So when I saw it again, I did feel like the effects were quite dated. Um, Now, to be clear, I want to say that the CG effects felt very dated. um, Because the interesting thing about this movie is that it's kind of a hybrid, right? There are practical vet effects and cg effects right Mm -hmm. and um the practical effects are very cool to this day i think um they used animatronics 
for this movie. So they use dinosaur animatronics and I think they look hella cool. Um, now with the CG stuff, that's where I feel like the movie feels really dated. Um, you know, I'm used to seeing like high definition movies on my TV at home and to be hit with uh, this old school CG, it, it's yeah, it, it just felt like um, pretty old. <laughs> just put it that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I did feel at moments, you know, not the whole movie like I'm alluding to, um, but there were moments where it felt really dated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how like you can it's the C, it's the CG, the, the newer like state of the artifacts at the time are now the ones you notice are dated now. Yeah. Whereas like the much older styles of movie making definitely like hold up a lot better and I think are more pleasing to the eye. Yeah. Um and yeah, seeing it now, um in my high def TV, I watched it on Blu-ray. And so there were free spots where uh you see in back, like I think when they first see the Brachiosaurus. You're like, oh yeah, that's okay. That's that's CG, but then when they get a lot closer to the dinosaurs themselves, you're like, oh wow, that looks that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, real quick, that scene, the Brachiosaurus scene, that that's that's kind of what I'm talking about exactly. So that's a major moment in the movie, right? It's the moment when the main characters of the movie first realize there are real live dinosaurs on this island, right? Okay, so you see the reaction of Laura Dern, right? And she's just like, oh my God, she can't believe what she's seeing. So yeah, it's a, it's a good performance, right? Because you see her eyes and you just feel it. You feel that she's completely wowed. And then you get the shot of the dinosaur and then you hear John Williams great score swell and um, it's a big moment right and I remember at the time you know in the 90s (laughs) that it was a big deal right this is like okay we're seeing a live dinosaur for real but you know watching it in the year 2021 on a high def TV, um, not as uh, not so much a home run anymore. I feel like it just, uh, yeah, it, it looked a little clunky, and it didn't feel like you're looking at a real dinosaur, right? It felt like a computer generated dinosaur, right? Um, so, uh, yeah, not not the only somewhat uh, clunky CGI in the movie. Um, but definitely the most memorable because I remember that being a really important part of the movie and, and now decades later feeling like, oh, like, okay, um, this doesn't have the, the, the punch that it used to have. Huh? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I, I do remember like seeing that scene and just having that big wow moment. And there, there's quite a few moments like that in the movie where the movie just stops and says, like, look at these dinosaurs and, like, look what, we, look what we've accomplished here with, with CGI for the first time, in a sense. Right. 
and there's a lot of slow motion shots where the music just kind of swells. And I think, like, whereas, like, yeah, I, I, seeing it nowadays, like, I definitely did get a bit of those, like, oh, like, oh, I remember loving this as a kid. I think what really kind of holds those moments up still um, is, really, like, the music. I think the music is so well done. It's such an iconic John Williams score that, like, like... For me, it, like I still kind of—that's kind of what where the feeling kind of resides, so to speak. In that, and of course, and of course, uh, like you said, I think the way the actors kind of react to the CGI and react to what they're seeing is very, very well done. Because um, I met like back then, um, especially back in the '90s and early 2000s, was when CGI was so new. Um, a lot of actors and directors had problems working with it and making uh, acting more genuine when you you didn't really know what you were reacting to. Um, like uh, it, if you look at the Star Wars prequels, of course, I think are like kind of that shining example where the actors really did not know what they were interacting with or what was going on around them. And so they come off very wooden. And so, like, of course, Steven Spielberg, he, do, he does it right the first time. Yeah, I definitely want to second that point about John Williams. Um, that's something that uh, is really timeless in this movie, the musical score. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really awesome. It took this movie that, um, for some, like me, arguably, may consider it as you know maybe not the highest quality entertainment to something that is really memorable you know um yeah that, that that's one thing that stuck out like um as a real big positive that maybe i didn't even recognize so much way back when um the music yeah i i the, I, I definitely wouldn't have have like noted the music so much before, but I, it, it hit me pretty hard this time, how cool it was. Um, it, it added some like grandeur to the movie. And um, especially early on when you're being drawn into this magical world of wonder, right? So a lot of it is depending on, on the acting, like we're talking about the actors reacting to seeing dinosaurs for the first time and just like these cool little like helicopter shots of of you getting dropped into this into this uh different world um but the score is a big part of it too you know once that score hits um yeah i just felt like okay there's something big coming you know you just get that anticipation mm -hmm. and uh yeah i can't say enough about the great musical score yeah Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just about to add on, like, yeah, that music is just so iconic and everything. And, like, it's just, you know, when you hear that, like, it's like, it's just like, you know, like, it feels welcoming. It feels epic. It just feels legendary. And you just know that you're going to be taken on a grand ride through Jurassic Park and yeah. it just it, it's really iconic and you know I mean 
it's just so well known like you know like so many i feel like it's been used in like you know commercials and all that kind of stuff and you just know like okay either like a dinosaur is going to show up or something or like something grand is going to happen you know yep mm-hmm. like i have a question for you guys when you guys think of like uh say like your favorite movies um or very just at the very least very very memorable movies would you guys say the score and the music is one of the first thing that comes to mind when recalling a movie or a movie that you really love? Because if you think of this, another John Williams movie, Star Wars, of course. Um, and like that, because that, I guess that's true for me. I think a lot of my favorite movies have like very, like I can't big, great scores. So what do you, what do you guys think? Yeah, for for me, yeah, I definitely do think so. I think, you know, like some of my favorite movies are, you know, Lord of the Rings, um, the Avengers franchise, um, even like my favorite movie, like Pacific Rim, I could still remember, know the the music score to that. Um, Yeah, so I think like, yeah, if you have like a favorite film, you could definitely remember the, the score and that makes it just even even more like iconic and epic, you know. Yeah, I agree too. You know the the musical moments in my favorite movies are always in my head, and uh, you know when you have a conversation with a fellow movie geek, usually it's one of two things: one quoting memorable lines and two the music right humming the theme song right those are the two big things so yeah absolutely um the music is is a huge part of the movie experience yeah and it's funny that you bring up memorable lines because i think that's also something that i think really sticks out a bit uh about jurassic park are just all the like very quotable lines like of course clever girl um hold on to your butts um yes and uh ah 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 you didn't say the magic word <laughs> ah 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 <laughs> <laughs> and and so one thing i think like i really enjoy about this movie is just like and i really like how snappy the dialogue is in a way life uh, finds a way Mm-hmm. I, I agree I feel like a lot of like you know those classic lines they're not just you know um, zingers like one line zingers they're really like I feel like natural kind of dialogue you know like uh, life will find a way um, or like uh, how we were saying earlier about like Dawson this is Dawson right here like how he just <laughs> says it so loud like we like you could say like probably like one or two words from like a, a catchphrase from Jurassic Park and you just remember like, oh yeah, that's at this part, that's at this part, you know? And yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is a very open-ended question, of course, but what do you guys think goes into making a memorable line? Like, yeah, that is a good question. Yeah, that's a question with a lot of answers. <laughs> I don't even know how I would answer that. You know, 
I think that the hidden answer here is how good the movie is because you could have great dialogue, but in the end, if it's not a great movie, people aren't going to really remember it. Right. So that's like number one, you have to have a decent movie, a movie that people are going to watch and a movie that people are going to watch multiple times. And it's upon viewing after viewing that's when they start like saying these lines over and over to themselves and to their friends and whatnot right so i think that's a big part of it It has to be a good movie it has to be a movie people watch over and over um and then the second part is yeah like sharp writing like a good screenwriter you need a good screenwriter to have like quotable lines so i think it's kind of a those two things i i kind of think it i mean i agree with you henry but i also think to add on just like it you know as like actor you just have to bring yourself into the scene you know like some of the greatest lines you know like um going off jurassic park like going sorry going away from jurassic park like you know like that scene in infinity war when like everybody's disappearing and then tom holland's like mr stark i don't feel so good like you know he totally improvised that because you know, the Rooster Brothers told him, like, just be part of the scene, like, you're, you're uh, disappearing. So how do you, how would you react? And like, like that, or when, um, in Dark Knight, when Joker is like trying to blow up that, the hospital, and then the, the explosions don't go off, and then he like totally improvises and stuff. So I just feel like it's, it's just part of the actor's like job of how, good he brings himself into the scene that just makes that catch line or the catchphrase like that much more memorable mm-hmm. that's yeah. a great point and good. and you're right um a lot of the most memorable lines are not scripted so um yeah that's a great counter argument and uh, the acting performance is a huge part of it too mm-hmm. agreed like, I guess I, I have something else, I guess, to add as another part of what makes a memorable line. Um, and I think it, there's something, I think, in the pacing and, like, kind of, like, the flow of a scene movie as a whole uh, to make these great lines. Because usually when you think of, like, a lot of the great lines, like, um, in this movie, it, it's usually, like, right before something happens. Like, like uh, the famous clever girl line is right before the guy gets killed as the guy is hunting hunting the rafter and he thinks he sees one and one's right next to him. Clever girl. And that's that's the last <laughs> thing he says before he gets mauled by a rafter. Yeah. Um or um another another one of my another great line uh from the Dark Knight, I'm not wearing hockey pads is what he say <laughs> is what Batman says as he drives away. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. And so I would say like like the answer might be like it could be a mix of all of what we said. There could be another special ingredient that we're missing. Or it could be like one of each or who knows, maybe it could be all, uh, you know, all the above, maybe the above, like but they're definitely like it's it's a part of what makes a movie memorable, you know. It's part of why we keep talking about it today after 28 years. Hey, that's a good point, too. You're saying how a lot of the memorable lines in Jurassic Park 
are right before like this big monster moment, right? So that's like staging, right? Setting up the line. Like that that's important. You know, if if you're setting up a scene sloppily, um, maybe having music playing over a key line of dialogue or you know in the editing process you're just not setting up the dialogue properly then yeah you you can lose the magic in in the line right so yeah how you set it up is important too for sure and uh i guess oh going off of that um so that that actually kind of reminded me so in the last episode i talked about uh we were talking about horror and I was talking about how I like horror in things, but I'm not like a big fan of horror by on, it, on its own. And so I, I would actually say this is a really good example of that, uh, of a movie that uses horror as an ingredient in the way it sets up scenes. Because when you think of the most memorable scenes of the movie, um, I think for me, of course, there, there are a lot of the big dinosaur moments, the big dinosaur kills, the when... Uh, you first see the big T-Rex and the T-Rex is knocking over the car and um, the water in the cup is rumbling and you kind of hear it and gets all quiet. And so like you have scenes like that, that really like kind of like change the pacing up of the movie. Cause before we were talking about how like the awe in seeing the bra- Brachiosaurus and how much larger and how like you had this big sweeping score and how like it fills you with this emotion, but then and then like you know um, twenty thirty minutes later, we have a scene like this, that's also like one of the big iconic scenes, or even uh, the kitchen scene with the Velociraptors. It was like a scene that scared that scared me as a kid. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. So what do you got? What do you guys think of that? What do you guys think of? the way this kind of like in a sense like blends genres or just like uh memorable scenes i don't really have i guess much of a question i just really wanted to share that moment i did ask myself like what is this movie exactly what genre is the movie and um yeah i wasn't sure exactly but i think in the end it's a monster movie i I think that's kind of the most logical categorization of the movie. Um, you know, monster action, monster destruction, and the, the same thrills that you might get from a Godzilla movie. Yeah, that's that's here as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it's, uh, I don't know how to categorize it. I guess like action and adventure, I don't know, because that's typical basic genre. But, like, it definitely has, like, a mix of, like, horror, thriller, um, drama, and, there, yeah, there's, like, you guys were saying, like, the dinosaur scenes were very much, like, thriller kind of um, scenes about, like, that anxious anxiety about, like, waiting to see the T-Rex on screen. Then when you finally see it on screen, it's like, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Or... Um, Christian, like how you were saying that Velociraptor kitchen scene, uh, you know, it's just like, what's going to happen? Like, are the kids going to make it? Um, are they not? You know, this is not a kid's movie, so who knows what's going to happen with them, you know? Um, so, yeah, it, it, 
I thought that was cool. Like, yeah, the blending of different um, kinds of genres and elements that make a good movie. Yeah, like, I'm not sure I could nail down one genre. Um, I Although Monster probably is, like, the best, I think. And these are these are you know quote unquote monsters, in a sense, and I think um, part of the allure of the dinosaur is that it exists, or it you know it existed once upon a time, um, but on one hand it was so long ago that Earth was you know Earth was a completely different planet then, and they were so large. Um, that they are almost that they were in a sense mythical, yeah. As well, so I think it's like it's almost like the closest that like we we have to like actual dragons in a, in a way like actual oh, yeah. like, mythical giant creatures, yeah. And so. now and now isn't it like chickens are the closest thing we have to mm-hmm. dinosaurs nowadays or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I looked it up, uh, you know, when I was doing some research for this movie. But um, what a connection that dinosaurs have with birds. One reason they were able to get so large was that um, their bones aren't as de- weren't as dense as mammals, and there were large air sacs within the dinosaurs around the bones. Like if you look at dinosaur bones, you'll see like holes in them, and which is uh, very similar to birds, which helps like birds fly and all that. And so that could be one reason, um, one one of the reasons. Like I'm, I'm of course no no expert, and I, when I watched the YouTube video, videos, um, they also said that the they weren't entirely sure why dinosaurs got so big, but that's part of like the how they got so big. Hmm. And so um, let's see, um, we like. Would you guys say like any downsides to this movie? This is such an iconic classic movie, and like I me mean, personally, I've been like you know hyping it up this whole movie. So what, what do you guys do? You guys think there's like any negatives to this movie? Like besides we we have touched on some dated CGI, but as far as anything else that's wrong with the movie, what would you guys say? You know, one thing that came to mind was uh, how the Jeff Goldblum character played out. Like, I really love Jeff Goldblum in this movie. He's super cool. Um, he's very Jeff Goldblumy, very quirky, you know. Um, he has some memorable dialogue in this movie for sure. He's a very cool look. He's got the leather jacket and everything. Um, and... I thought it was kind of weak how he kind of didn't do anything in the second half of the movie. They they sort of set him up as this brilliant, eccentric mathematician, right? And you 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 you're, you're sort of given the notion that he's gonna like solve some problem later on, right? It never really happened, right? He gets injured and he just sort of sidelined for the second half of the movie. So I thought that was kind of a disappointment. You know, I was waiting for his big, uh, you know, Independence Day 
type uh, <laughs> contribution, you know, um, but that, that never really came to fruition. So I don't know if some uh, something was left on the cutting room floor for him or something, but yeah, I, I feel like there was a missing piece there. Hmm. For me, I don't know if this is a negative thing, but I would have loved to have seen more dinosaurs, <laughs> like not enough dinosaurs. I think it would have been cool to see more of the exhibit. I mean, like, I feel like, yeah, we got that kind of in Jurassic World, but, you know, like comparing the two, like Jurassic World was just like all like CGI effects. Like this one was a lot more practical effects, like the Tersoratops, the T-Rex, the Velociraptors. They just looked way more realistic. And I wish we could, we could have saw that with a lot more um, dinosaurs, which, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that's on your point, Porfirio. Like, I didn't notice, but the velociraptors, velociraptors don't show up until like an, like an hour and 30 minutes into the movie, um, which is something I didn't actually pick up at, until like watching it again this time. Because they're such an iconic part of Jurassic Park, but they're only in it for a very short period of time. Um, and um, actually, uh, a funny point about your point, Henry, with Jeff Goldblum and Ian Malcolm. So, uh, spoilers for the book, of course, but Ian Malcolm actually dies in the book. Mm. Um, but not in the movie. And what happened... Uh, people liked his character that they made that he did, and he didn't die, so they they wanted to make Lost World, and which of course he was the star of, and so Michael Crichton, the writer of the book, essentially retconned his own book to make the Lost World book based on the movie. Wow! So the movie kind of influenced the book, and like going back. But yeah, I see what you mean. It does seem like there was something cut with Jeff Goldblum. And the way he's kind of built up with his, like, life finds a way. And, like, he has that, like, weird eccentric laugh in the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I can't even do it. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, like, one, he gets hurt by the T-Rex and then just kind of lays around for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, like, Sam Jackson also, like, he kind of comes in, you think... And, he kind of comes in, he says his thing, and then just disappears um, for another part. Although, like, I think, like, I think with Sam Jackson, I think it's just meant for that, just the arm scene where Laura Dern <laughs> pulls his arm. I, yeah. I guess that that is the essentially the payoff to his character. <laughs> right. But it, that also seems like something that may have gotten cut. Yeah. Um, like... Let's see. Uh, it's like I'm trying. I'm. I'm even. I'm just on for time, so I can even think of like uh, a real, like a, ba- a big downside to this movie. Um, I think you like. I definitely do think you guys like both have good points um, that I do agree with, and I have nothing else to add on my own on that. Um, well, if you if you if you have an answer to that later, I have a really fast question I would like to ask both yo, of yeah. you. Okay, so. It. If, like, we found a way to make dinosaurs come back, you know, should it be done, you know? Like, like Malcolm imposes this question in the movie, like, um, you know, the scientists were 
trying so hard to do it that it didn't become a question of like if they could do it. it the question should have been like should they do it you know like on a i guess like philosophical and moral standpoint like like should dinosaurs be be brought back into this millennia co coexisting with humans let's see um dinosaurs specifically um i would say the movie uh, i would say no um there's a there's a quote in the movie um where uh i can't remember the quote or i guess the scene in the movie where laura dern is treating the uh triceratops and so I think the point of that scene was that uh, the Triceratops was getting sick because uh, the ecology on the island wasn't the same as the Triceratops had back then. So the Triceratops had a hard time sustaining itself for, like and staying healthy, and it kept getting sick every like six weeks. Because at first it's like, oh, is the Triceratops eating this plant? And so Lordora, there's like the giant, <laughs> giant mound of shit. Lordoran sticks her hand into and realizes that it does. At first, it doesn't look like the Triceratops is eating that specific plant that might get uh, the dinosaur sick. And so I guess um, that's why I would say no. I th I think like the environment has probably changed so much that it. I don't think we would be able to sustain. Um, bringing in an entirely new species and how that species would interact with our current ecology and animal animal kingdom. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I would agree. You know, I would say the only way uh, I would be okay with it is if it could be done safely, not only for the humans managing the process but also for the dinosaurs that you are introducing into the modern world and bottom line is like christian is saying i don't think there is a way to do it safely you know for the dinosaurs themselves or like we see in this movie the humans right it is a fiction but i really wonder if in this hypothetical dinosaurs could exist could humans contain them safely i <laughs> probably not and or if if we could it wouldn't be like i don't know economically viable you know um i just don't see it making any kind of sense in the real world it's a pretty far out hypothetical question but uh yeah if it was somehow possible i just don't think there'd be a way to make it safe for anyone yeah, which brings me to another follow-up question. If Jurassic Park existed, would you ever go? Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, my my gut feeling is is yes, but then I go back to the like the logical part. After seeing a movie like this, like I would have to know like what are the safeguards? Am I <laughs> going to be safe in this uh, hypothetical amusement park? Um, 
I would think not. <laughs> so maybe not, but yeah, I would, I would have to know going in like, okay, what are the safety precautions put in place here? I'm sorry. I would be like the most immature person to be like, let's go. Dinosaurs. Sure. I'm right. down. <laughs> you don't even need to, to know about like the safety or anything. Just no. Yeah. I, w- I would be like, let's do it. Let's do it. Fuck. <laughs> Who cares about the safety reasons? I want to see a live T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Especially if it was like, if I went to Jurassic world before the movie, you know, before, before the movie took place, before the the day that all the dinosaurs went loose, if I can go to there, yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to go to like the island as it was in like Jurassic Park two and three, or just like okay, let's just take a boat to this island. Like I think at the beginning of Jurassic Park three, where it's just the family goes to the island and like they're like hang gliding or something like that, and they're just doing some thrill seeking. No way, no way. At the beginning, I was like, yeah, something bad's going to happen to them, of course. <laughs> but Jurassic World, yeah, I would go. <laughs> hey, that's a good point. I was thinking in Jurassic Park, the way that they're introduced into this dinosaur habitat did seem like all that appealing, right? You're in these automated cars and... It seemed like you might get a glimpse of a dinosaur. You might not. And if you did, maybe you don't see them all that clearly. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, if kind of like what you're saying, Christian, if that's the experience that we have in store, you know, maybe I'm not totally on board. Like, <laughs> I want to know if I can see, like, a dinosaur pretty close up, you know, in clear view, right? Yeah, like, it'd be cool to be able to, like, pet the dinosaur like they do when they're in the tree. Right, right, right. Yeah. And the Brachiosaurus comes up, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you'd want an experience like that. Yeah. You're, like, right up there. But, yeah, if you're in a moving car through, like, the Mm -hmm. car window, and then maybe the dinosaur is, like, off in the distance, then, I don't know, I might be wanting my money back after that Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) yeah and if i can get the like those bubbles that they were in in jurassic world where you can just like go anywhere you want and just you're just in the safety (laughs) of the bubble there you go like i said before the movie happened (laughs) yeah i wanted to pose a question also um so i I mentioned Godzilla earlier. I did see some parallels between Jurassic Park and Godzilla movies. Um, You know, Jurassic Park had this overlying theme of humans dabbling in things that are like kind of out of their control. And I think the Godzilla movies, you know, tread in very similar territory right um humans just sort of going too far with science and just like um getting in over our heads with this stuff right um and the results are are similar also giant monsters 
causing mass destruction and killing people, right? Um, so, you know, that's maybe where the similarities end because there's definitely a different vibe to a Jurassic Park movie and a Godzilla movie, right? So um, for me, I feel like, I don't know, there, there's kind of a, a more punk rock feel with Godzilla movies and with Jurassic Park movie it, it feels a little bit more like I don't know mainstream and safe in a way I don't know I, I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on like Jurassic Park movies versus Godzilla movies I know you both are fans of both hmm. so okay yeah I, I see what you mean when you bring up like there's like a punk rock to Godzilla um, there there's more destruction um, there you have like actual cities being destroyed right I guess like I think Jurassic Park um, of course it's it's all relegated to the island for the most part and so everything's kind of contained so in a sense like it's dangerous when it's there but you're there's more of a safety away from the island in a sense um whereas seeing a city it's like the city it's like okay that's that's in a sense your home being destroyed you know and so in a sense there's a little like it's almost like that kind of more grit and like punk rock edge i wonder if that comes from kind of a little more of that personal breakdown and so um i think they they both yeah they both definitely they both share that point um and so, but it does make me wonder, like, it does make me wonder, like, because Jurassic Park, of course, is American, Godzilla is Japanese. And so I wonder if because Godzilla, of course, big global hit, but I think because Jurassic Park is an American movie, it, do you wonder if that's why it feels a little more mainstream, whereas Godzilla comes from a different country in a sense? That's and you think that's kind of that's also like kind of why it feels new or a little like I guess a little more fresh in a way or a little it kind of goes against a little bit of that American mainstream grain. Yeah, I was I was definitely gonna point that out. I felt like Godzilla, you know, like it it just definitely has like that Eastern kind of um, cinematography, I guess, like where there's more focus on Godzilla and the destruction of buildings and stuff like that whereas jurassic park is definitely more hollywood like it's definitely more focused on the storyline and the characters and um you know the music and i mean not to say that godzilla isn't but there is just you could tell that the two that there's just it's there's more focus focal point on those elements in those two different films. And I just feel like it's like a Eastern versus Western kind of take um, this cinematography, cinematography take on these um, films. Yeah, that's a good point about how Godzilla is a little bit more like, I don't know, exotic in a way, a little different. Um, yeah, maybe that's why to me it feels um, a little more alternative because yeah, it's, uh, it's from a different culture. Mm -hmm. 
and you know maybe a, a good follow-up to that question is um you know the the way i kind of feel about this i, I don't want to rain on the jurassic park parade by any means but to me when i watch godzilla movies it almost it almost makes it such that jurassic park movies are unnecessary in a way like to me it's like okay i can watch a, a giant lizard monster causing destruction in a jurassic park movie that's cool but what if i can watch a giant lizard monster mm-hmm. that also shoots blue fire out of his mouth <laughs> isn't that cooler like uh and i can get like the destruction of of major cities and and get uh like tanks and helicopters and jet planes battling it and other giant monsters battling it also so it's just sort of like you know there's that next level factor right um what what might you guys say to someone like me who who kind of thinks that oh i can sort of get what i want out of a godzilla movie and and i'm good you know i don't i don't really need to watch jurassic park movie um Let's see. No, I, de- I definitely see what you're saying. I definitely agree. Uh, like, Godzilla is just on such a much more grand scale than Jurassic Park. And so, um, I think, like, some of the other movies definitely kind of struggled with, with uh, trying to, to up the scale. Whereas, like, in this movie, there's, really, there's you know, only, like, a few people on the island at once. It's just uh, the scientists, uh, like... It seemed like there's one raptor guy and then like did like a few park staff. Whereas Godzilla, of course, since he's destroying a building and you have the entire like the entire government going after Godzilla, it's a much, much bigger movie. Um, and uh, and I think um, I really didn't want to bring up anime, but I'm going to bring up anime because <laughs> um, something I know where I think like uh japan there's like a lot of uh japanese media that is willing to go i think a little darker and i think a little more bloody than a lot of big american movies um like comparing i'd say like akira like they're one of the, their biggest comic book movie um to like what would you like our biggest comic book movie say like avengers endgame like uh, you know, there, there's, there's, as far as like very comparables, Akira is like a much darker movie. It, it feels like a much grittier and much bloodier movie than Avengers Endgame. Even though like Avengers Endgame may, you know, have more action in it. There's something about the gravity of the violence in Akira that's a little more striking in a sense. And um, so what do you, what do you guys think of that comparison like, do you think that that may ring true in a sense? I, I kind of do agree, but at the same time, I'll going back to what Henry was saying for this podcast that you guys recorded a few weeks ago, I would be like, where's there's invincible, you know, that just has as much gore and graphic mm-hmm. and but I do agree though that anime does take it a step further than, um, I guess like U.S. comics in terms of like uh, violence and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I get what you guys are driving at, 
And it's that there's kind of a place for everything, right? Just because, you know, Godzilla is arguably Jurassic Park on steroids. Maybe sometimes you don't want to have Jurassic Park on steroids. You just want to have Jurassic Park, right? Um, I get that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be volume turned up to 11 all the time, right? Mm. And that that does make me think of one of the appeals of the Jurassic Park movies and just dinosaurs in general. And that's the fact that dinosaurs did, in fact, exist, right? Mm. Godzilla is pure fiction. And um, a lot of what we see in movies is completely through our imagination, right? But, you know, it's for real. Dinosaurs did exist. We have the proof in the fossils, right? All that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that there's a big appeal factor there, you know, not only with the Jurassic Park movies, but, you know, uh, as young children, uh, th there's something to the fact that they actually did exist, right? Um, you know, we were talking about fandom earlier. To me, dinosaurs are like the original fandom. Mm -hmm. I would say for most boys, like dinosaurs are like one of the first things that we're into, our first fandoms, right? Um, and uh, a, a big part of it is that they were big giant monsters. Yeah, of course, that's appealing. But another big part of it is the fact that they for real existed, right? They're in uh, like science books and stuff, nonfiction, right? So uh, that, that that's like inherently pretty cool. Yeah, like um, what was the point I actually wanted to get into next? Exactly. Like, what do you, what do you think makes dinosaurs so appealing to kids? What do you, although you already, I think you already hit like a very good point, Henry, on it. So what do you think, Porfirio? What do you think makes dinosaurs so appealing to kids? What do you, the what violence. was appealing to you? The <laughs> violence. <laughs> like, good point, good point. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, like if I'd look back to like all the stuff that I was into when I was a kid, like Power Rangers, um, Spider-Man, X-Men, they all have one thing in common, and that's violence. The fight scenes. Like, dinosaur, eat dinosaur, eat human. Power Rangers, it's fighting. X-Men, Spider-Man, they fight bad guys. Like, it's definitely violence. <laughs> um, but um, I guess, like, you know, in another sense, I think what makes dinosaurs appealing is uh, just, I guess, like, the exot exoticness to it. Like, you know, you're you're into animals because they're just so like different and um, they're not human. You know, they're just kind of like, that's cool, that's amazing. You know, and dinosaurs since they're just so big and different. You know, I guess that's what makes them appeal to a little kid's curiosity and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a great point about violence. Because I was thinking when I was growing up, I did love dinosaurs as a young boy. Um, but easily my my favorite dinosaur was the T-Rex 
And the, the reason was because it was a hell of violent creature, right? It was a hunter. It was a killer, you know? Um, but that made me think too of, of yet another appeal of dinosaurs. And that's that, yeah, there were, you know, predatory dinosaurs like the T-Rex, um, but there were a lot of different types of dinosaurs. And I think the way that we were introduced to dinosaurs at a early age was was a pretty cool introduction, right? We were almost introduced to them like classic literary characters, right? There, there's like the Brontosaurus, like the gentle giant, you know, and and you know, like the T-Rex is the violent hunter, and, and like there's the T-Rex and Triceratops uh, uh, rivalry, you know, and um, and even though dinosaurs for real existed i think there was some poetic license with how some of these stories were told right there's like these rivalries and um each dinosaur was like a character in, in a story right so um it was almost like uh the way we look at you know the avengers or the justice league um we can see like, okay, wh- who's my favorite Avenger? Or who, who am I most like? Like you take a personality test. Okay, who, who, who am I? Which Game of Thrones char- character am I, right? The same can be said with dinosaurs, right? Each dinosaur kind of has a different um, personality and appeal to them, right? So I think that's a big part of the fandom too. Mm-hmm. And I think like um, looking back on it as an adult, um, like is like it's it's like an end to like learning it's like in a sense because you know like as a kid you think ah learn learn i don't want to learn like learning stupid you're learning (laughs) history no way but there's something like because of the violence because of the predatorial you know of like the t-rex and how massive it was and how it was like you know, like the way you described, like the T Rex versus the Triceratops fighting. Um, you know, it was like cl- it was like the Clash of the Titans in a sense. Yeah. But I think through that, I think part of it, like, um, it's a it's like a way to like in a sense like trick kids to learning about the world. You kind of learn about the you learn about history. You learn about paleontology, biology. Um, and so, like, and it's it's a way to and like having these interests at a very young age is a, is like a way for us to grow into learning about you know, uh, much much harder topics and more more scientific topics. It's like it's like our in in a sense, and so I think that's part of it. So I think that, and like going to a museum and like seeing the bones, and and things like that is a way to like just kind of like give us that sense of awe and imagination. And so I think, you know, as a kids and like, you know, maybe like as an adult, it's like, it's like a way to like kind of bring your kids in, into school in a sense and see that, you know, learning can be fun. Learning can be great. And there like a lot of really cool things happen like on earth. And, um, I think like also part of it is like, um, and it like I guess I don't know if this is going down too dark of a topic, but like um 
there's the the big asteroid is also another is like a part you learn early on the asteroid coming to to earth and killing all the dinosaurs is like a big part of learning the dinosaurs it's like you know and so in a sense it's like if the you know it kind of it like gives a sense of mortality in 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 a way because if these mythical creatures could have died if like that were so larger than life um then in a sense like what what will happen to us yeah definitely solid points there mm-hmm. although as a kid you know that's maybe like that might be a point you might come to a little old you know <laughs> when you're a little older but it's like something to think about as a kid and it's like it's it's a part of learning about the dinosaurs it's a part of learning Yeah, that made me think of something else. You know, I think with this film franchise and the Harry Potter franchise, it it brought out this whole uh, learning is cool kind of thing. You know, uh, I mean, like we've been saying, dinosaurs are kind of always cool when you're a young boy. But I think, you know, with uh, Jurassic Park, that became a really big thing, right? Interest in dinosaurs went like through the roof with this franchise right and even more so than before um learning about science and history became kind of cooler and you know similarly with the harry potter books and movies reading became cool again right for for kids mm-hmm. um so um that's true for me yep right yeah 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 So yeah, learning is fun. <laughs> so, uh, actually, uh, Henry, like, so, uh, like, as a dad, like, has your ki- has your kid shown interest in dinosaurs? Like, would you show him this movie? Do you think he would have the same imagination for dinosaurs going forward? Yeah, it's funny you ask that because uh, my son Simon, who is seven now, has definitely shown interest in dinosaurs maybe more so when he was younger um (laughs) it's funny because i did bring up godzilla and um he is a big godzilla fan he's seen a lot of godzilla movies with me and (laughs) i think the points that i brought out earlier about myself leaning more towards godzilla are the same reasons why he gravitates more towards godzilla because you know, when I watched Jurassic Park the other night, I told him, I was like, oh, hey, I'm going to watch this cool dinosaur movie you want to watch. And he's like, yeah, OK. And he sort of like drifted in and out. Like he watched parts of it. And then he went to the other room to do something else. And he came back and he, he wasn't really fully engaged. Right. So he liked parts of it, but um, wasn't totally into it. And the whole time I was thinking. Yeah, like if if Godzilla showed up in the middle of this movie, he probably would have just watched the whole movie. Right. Uh, it, just, it, it just wasn't quite enough like thrills for him, I think. Um, so like I said before, I think, you know, dinosaurs are capture the, uh, the, the attention of, of any young boy, I think any young child. Um, but uh Maybe now um, with like so many other forms of entertainment out there, 
um, maybe they don't have the, the monopoly on children that they used to. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think also, I guess a part of growing up with Jurassic Park is that, uh, like, there was just so much dinosaur-focused media at the time. Yeah. And so I think that was also part of it. Um, whereas, like, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm not really sure, I guess, what kind of dinosaur media, like, shows, TVs, movies outside of the Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World franchise are around now. Yeah, I mean, comparing his life now to my life when I was his, his age, I remember I had this book, like, this dinosaur book that... I would like read like all the time, you know, I would like memorize all the words and just like endlessly look. And I didn't have a whole lot else, you know, Um, whereas compared to him, like dinosaurs are competing with Spider-Man and Batman and the Avengers and Harry Potter and uh, you name it. Right. There's so many things that are like competing for his attention. Um, Dinosaurs got some serious competition now right yeah it's a different uh it's a different world now huh yeah that's it's fun hearing about like kind of the new world and like what kids yeah. are growing up with now in a sense yeah how it's dim how it's there's a lot of similarities but it's also very different and how like it kind of cha- how there's just so much media now yeah yeah so I guess, um, let's see, I guess before we wrap up, I guess, I, I guess I'll ask you guys another question. I guess switching fandoms from dinosaur fandom into the Steven Spielberg fandom. Mm-hmm. So where do you guys think this ranks among, amongst Steven Spielberg movies? Because he directed this, and of course, he's a guy with no introduction, of course. So where would you guys say? Would you say this is like favorite among the top among the middle oh yeah this i i think like yeah without a shadow of a doubt this is my favorite one like i yeah looking back at his movies i mean they're all great Raiders of the lost art jaws et you know his resume is just legendary but jurassic world i mean jurassic park just has a special place in my heart and I could just go on and on about how great the film is. And I think because of that, like the connection I have with it and all the great elements, music, story, characters, visual effects, I think just makes it rank very high for me and the best film that he's done, in my opinion. All right. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, Spielberg. Um, yeah, you know, the the uh, film snob in me doesn't really want to acknowledge how great Spielberg is. Um, but kind of like what I was saying earlier, I mean, you have to recognize the greatness that is Steven Spielberg, of course. He's a legend. He's a genius filmmaker, right? So important to the medium of movies. Um, so I would say without a doubt, he's a great filmmaker. Um, but I would also say he's not one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, again, it's like 
probably the film snob and me talking. It's almost like too basic an answer to say, oh, my favorite film director is Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, no, he's never really been my favorite. Um, so I'll say that. Uh, I will also say that Jurassic Park is not among my favorite Spielberg movies. Um and this goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning about like, when were you introduced to a certain movie? And um, my favorite Spielberg movie is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I, I don't doubt the fact that uh, it's totally about when I saw it. I saw it at, an, at a young age and it will always have a magical feel to me. You know, I bet if I put it on tonight, um, I'll be like, wow, those effects look really old, but it doesn't matter. Like it, it, it's just, it's just movie magic and it just holds such a special place in my heart. Right. So that's my favorite. And um, again, uh, not a thumbs down for me on Jurassic Park. I, I would definitely recommend it. And I do recognize how, you know, important movie it is. Um but yeah, not my favorite Spielberg movie. And Spielberg, again, not one of my top favorite directors. Yeah, like Spielberg is definitely like, he's kind of like Mr. Blockbuster, you know? Um, mm -hmm. He's Mr. Hollywood. In a sense, he's like, he's kind of like the first guy you think of when you hear the word Hollywood. Yeah. Um, and like... Uh, I guess, of course, like they do say Jaws created the blockbuster in a sense. Right. So that that could be it. Um, but let's see. As far as my favorite Spielberg movie, like this is Jurassic Park is definitely my most watched movie of his. Um, it probably, yeah, it, it definitely is my favorite. Um, although, like, yeah, Raiders is definitely up there as well. Um, I saw that when I, like, I think I was much younger when I saw Jurassic Park than Raiders. I think I was, like, you know, probably a preteen, 10, 11, 12. And while it is a fantastic movie, captures the imagination, I guess, like, Jurassic, it's just that certain time, that certain just big dinosaur nostalgia um, that draws me to this one. And, and of course, as adult, you know, uh, Saving Private Ryan is, of course, a great movie. Um, that's, that might, you know, that's also definitely up there. And so I think between those three, Jurassic Park I'll, I'll, is definitely my most watched. I love that. But who knows? Maybe in a few years, maybe on a different day, you ask me, I could say a different movie. I could, or from those three. You know, one thing I would add about Spielberg, again, not one of my favorites, but you have to respect his versatility. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mentioned Tarantino earlier and I'm a huge Tarantino fan, but you could argue his some his movies tend to be pretty similar. Like you can expect to see some bloodshed, you know, um, but with Spielberg, I mean, we've we've listed a few movies that are completely different. Right. Jurassic mm -hmm. Park versus Saving Private Ryan versus Schindler's List versus Raiders like yeah, he's all, all across the board and he's adept at crossing mm -hmm. genres like that. So that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Do you think kids these days will latch on to like, I guess, Ready Player One the same way 
that we may have latched onto Jurassic Park or Raiders? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't hear people, kids or anybody talking about, like, the legacy of Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That kind of that goes back to what I was saying earlier, like, about memorable dialogue. Like, bottom line, the, the movie has to be good, first of all. <laughs> and Ready Player mm-hmm. One just wasn't that good of a movie, you know? No. <laughs> right? Yeah. Of course, yeah. I think when I think of Ready Player One, it's, like, more of, like, you think of the things you see in Ready Player One. Like, oh, yeah, that's the DeLorean. Hey. Yeah. Hey, that's Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Rather than, I guess, the uh, the characters themselves. Yeah. Oh, that goes back to something we talk about a lot, and that's fan service, right? Fan service oh, is yeah. fun, but if it's there without much context mm-hmm. or without much reason for it to be there, then it's just it's just stupid, right? I guess so. Like, do you do you think that Jurassic Park has like there's like a level of fan service with Jurassic Park? No, I, I don't think so. Maybe like in the later mm-hmm. franchise films, but Jurassic Park, I feel like, was just a film on its own that didn't, wasn't made for anybody. It was just a film that Spielberg wanted to just make come to life, you know? And um, yeah, that's, that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about that a little bit. Like, what if they tried to do dinosaur fan service in Jurassic Park <laughs> probably would have been pretty disastrous but I was thinking like yeah what if Spielberg was like okay we have to have a T-Rex versus Triceratops battle in this movie because we all grew up knowing that you know these two creatures had a rivalry and people want to see that you know uh, it could have been pretty bad if he just like wedged in this like unnecessary battle scene um so yeah i I think it's probably good that this movie happened prior to like fan service being a big thing and um and yeah i I agree with you preferio it's it's pretty free from from that sort of thing Mm -hmm. all right well let's see would you guys want to talk about uh, the jurassic park sequels at all like anywhere briefly um, because like I get because of course, uh, me personally, I didn't really care for any of the sequels. Jurassic World, I think, was all right, and that's kind of, I guess, that's the bar <laughs> for sequels. Um, do you guys have anything about the sequels? Are you like, are you guys looking forward at all to the next Jurassic World movie, or curious to see what it has in store? I I am, I will say, like, I don't know. I guess, like, you know, like, it could be a bad movie, you know, like Star Wars or whatever, and I would still probably go watch it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I I just, you know, like I said earlier, like, who doesn't want to see a movie about dinosaurs, like, roaming around and eating other dinosaurs or eating humans like it's the violence um so i guess like yeah i'm low-key excited for the next jurassic world movie 
um, just even after seeing Fallen Kingdom, because Fallen Kingdom wasn't that good. Um, but the next one, I'll, I'll still, you'll still see me going to go buy tickets to go watch it, for sure. Yeah, I I don't have a huge level of interest for the Jurassic Park follow-ups. Um, I've seen some of them, haven't seen all of them. <laughs> you know, one thing that struck me about Jurassic World was why was Chris Pratt cast for this movie? Like, the, the character is kind of humorless, you know, and Chris Pratt is really known for being a great comedic actor, right? If you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and uh, Parks and Rec, you know, he's he's legit funny, right? Um, but uh, he's not <laughs> in Jurassic World. <laughs> and yeah, that kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, you know, what, what is he even doing in this role, right? Um, I kind of feel like they just wanted like a famous person to sell the movie and that was pretty much it I, I feel like he was kind of funny but like in a douchey kind of way like he was way more like like that jock who like goes and has that humor with um with what's her name Bryce Howard yeah Bryce Dallas Howard yeah like so I feel like maybe the kind of humor they were going for just wasn't appealing to maybe us, but I feel like he definitely had that jock douchey humor. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I imagine, I, I bet why they cast him was just like, just charisma alone. Like, they just need a charismatic role for, I guess, like this new trilogy that they wanted. Um, and they probably didn't have the best idea of what to do with the character himself, mm-hmm. uh, as seen in uh, the sequel, Fallen Kingdom. But like, it like it's hard to say if he was like if he was miscast and like a different actor would be better and like pull off the role, or if there was just nothing there and his charisma might be the only <laughs> thing that kind of saved the character, you know. Uh, maybe that's it, yeah. Like, I think they wanted Han Solo, but they didn't know how to write Han Solo, in a sense. Or they want, or Indiana Jones, you know. But, there you go. But they didn't know the nuts and bolts of how to make Indiana Jones. They... And so I guess that's that's my thought. Um, like, I think, although I do think Jurassic World is still probably the best sequel of the Jurassic Park franchise. Um, but, but not by much. I think the nostalgia for the lost world for me just isn't there quite in the same way it is for this movie, even though I did love that movie as a kid, but I remember watching it like lately and I was like, ah, this is bad. Oh no, this is, (laughs) this is a lot worse than I remember. This is the opposite of nostalgia. This is ruining it. (laughs) And so I think for me, I just have no, like, uh, uh, you know, I, I could definitely watch it. Um, the next movie, the next Jurassic World. Um, yeah, dinosaur. I guess dinosaurs are dinosaurs. And it seems like um, 
Do you care if I spoil the end of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom for you, Henry? I know go you for haven't it. seen spoiler it. Alert. Go yeah, for it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert for the new one. Um, So, like, the whole idea between Fallen Kingdom was that they were going to, like, they want dinosaurs to be in the world. They wanted to get dinosaurs off the island into the real world. And the whole movie was kind of setting that up. And so that that's what they're going to do in the next movie. As the big setup. And so it's like, oh, I think that, you know, I, that, that could be fun. Um, that'll make, that could make some fun little, like, you know, moments here and there. Interesting. That's kind of like what you were talking about before, about sort of upping the ante a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Taking them away from this, like, enclosed yeah. area and increasing the stakes a bit. Mm-hmm. Which I guess was, I guess, the point, you know, that I guess that was the plot hook of Jurassic World, was that they didn't know what to do with dinosaurs. And they didn't know how to up the ante, so they made mm-hmm. a new one. But all right. So I guess uh let's uh let's bring it on home. Uh let's bring it back to the original. Um so what are your guys' final thoughts on Jurassic Park? Final scores. Uh, are we are we are we rating it already? Yeah, I think it's time. Mm-hmm. Unless you guys have anything else you want to say, is there any any other questions, comments you guys want to pose about this movie or the franchise as a whole? I'm I'm ready to rank it. If uh, I'm good, yeah, let's do it. So okay. I guess why don't you go first, Porfirio? What how would you rate Jurassic Park? Oh, for sure, five, five without a mm-hmm. doubt. Like like I said, I love this movie. I could watch it so many times without getting bored. Um, music, characters, just everything about it is timeless, like legendary, iconic, and I just love the film. And it's yeah, five five out of five for me. All right. What about you, Henry? What did you think? Yeah, Jurassic Park is uh, an important movie in uh, in that it uh, it sort of brought about a big revolution in visual effects. Um, it's an important movie in Spielberg's filmography, no question. Um, and I certainly don't want to rain on the parade. I know this is a very special movie for both of you. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Um, yeah, even when I saw it, you know, around when it came out, um, I didn't like absolutely love it. And again, I'll go back to like the the time in my life that I did see it. I I, I feel like if I saw this movie uh like when i was younger maybe even just like five or six years younger it probably would have been like really special to me and it would have continued to be special to me in my my whole life so um yeah that 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 maybe is one of the, the big takeaway in this conversation for me is this sort of perspective of like when you see a movie is is pretty significant right um yeah, particularly like in your like early life, right? So um, that said, objectively speaking, um, I'm 
I'm giving this movie a mild recommendation. It's a well-made movie and um, certainly a lot of highlights to it. Um, maybe the biggest one is the great John Williams musical score. Um, but yeah, three out of five. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. I, I think this episode, like in this episode, I think we delve into the idea of perspective very well. Yeah. And how perspective and and time can really change a movie in a sense, or yeah, you know, and or the way the way we where we are at a certain point changes the way a movie is to us. Definitely, I feel like we've done that a few times these past few episodes with like Pokemon and Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. and now Jurassic Park. So yeah, <laughs> so I guess my final rating, I, I'll also give it a five. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of those growing up movies, you know. It's it's definitely up there with um the Tim Burton Batman movie, Back to the Future, um and like as like the golden movies you watched when you were a kid that you still hold on to. So, I'll yeah, I'll give this a 5 and I think even watching it now, I think there's I for me personally, I think because I have that, I can there's kind of another joy in a sense of watch of like going back to the score of like, Oh, that was a great score. Oh, that was such a memorable line that I remember. Oh, like that was staged really well. That's a really good camera in a sense. I just, there's, there's a lot to behold. Right on. Oh, Hey, one last little nugget here. Um, I noticed that this movie has a heavy emphasis on STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of talk of STEM uh, nowadays about how it's important for, for young folks to um, embrace it. And um, um, it's pretty cool to see a movie that, that is this old, you know, 28 years old now, that really embraced it. All the heroes of the movie are like brilliant scientists, basically, right? And and they touch upon all this stuff, right? They're they're hackers, they're scientists, they're mathematicians, engineers, all that cool stuff, right? Um, so again, you know, we're talking about how this movie franchise kind of makes learning cool again. Um, there's another aspect to it right there, right? So um, I thought that stood out in a pretty pretty positive way. Science is cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. With that, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry, Perferio, and Christian.